You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. All righty. Well, Father, thank you for this tribe of people who are totally sold out to Jesus. Thank you that you've got such amazing things in store for all of us, Father. Thank you that we were born uh, for a purpose, recreated in Christ for good works. And Father, you've been dreaming of us before the foundation of the world. You chose us in Christ before then. Uh, The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world so that we could be one with you, so that we would be righteous, that we would be holy, that we would be able to know you as our father. And we are so excited, Father. We're so excited to be here in this podcast series, tackling the question, who am I? Thank you, Father, that we are first and foremost the manifestation of your dream. We are your idea And you chose us, you adopted us into sonship through Christ, you made us your own, you ransomed us, you redeemed us through Jesus, and we are so, so very grateful to be new creations and to have this opportunity today to dive into this such to to such an important topic, Father. So we just say, lead us, Holy Spirit, guide us into all truth, show us the future, show us things to come as it relates to uh, each of us individually, Father. Help us see ourselves the way that you do and lighten the eyes of our understanding that we'll know the hope of our calling. And we just rely on you. We rely on you, Holy Spirit, to reveal to each of us uh, who the Father created us to be, not only in Christ, but as a unique expression of who he is and his a reflection of his glory and his goodness in the earth. And so we just turn it over to you. We say thank you in advance for all of the revelation. Thank you for speaking to each person individually, Holy Spirit, even as I'm speaking. And thank you that this is a word that is a right now word, uh, a, a word of, of guidance and freedom and truth for every single listener. And we just thank you for it and we give you praise for it in Jesus name. Well, amen, amen, amen. We are broadcasting live from my new digs here in Chicagoland. And so yay, yay for me, yay for our family. We are a little bit in a chaos world, but It's okay. I'm so happy to be back with you guys and uh, doing this live today. We are continuing our series on what we're calling the five big cues of life. Um, These cues uh, are really the foundation of all of the work that I do in my book, The Path. It's the, the foundation of the work that we do in Emerge School of Transformation. And really these questions, um, were were really just divinely given to me. It's, they seem so obvious now, but you know that's kind of how revelation is sometimes. Like after you get it, it's obvious. But before you get it, it's not so obvious. But the five cues that we're going over in this series, and and the first uh, you know episode of the series, we did the first question. But the five questions are: Who is God? Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I headed? And how do I get there? 
And so what I've said about these questions that these are the most important five questions that you are ever going to ask and answer. And honestly, I really wish that we would introduce our kids uh, to these questions at a young age, because there are a lot of grownups in the world running around without really clear answers to these questions. And the answers to these questions are like a compass. They are <clears throat> they're like a mirror that that give us perspective and context for our entire lives. They direct our decisions. They're like guardrails that keep us on the path to a fulfilled life, a meaningful life, a satisfied life where we are comfortable in our own skin, doing the things that give us the greatest joy that we are passionate about, that we are gifted and anointed to do. And they help us really connect with not just God in a way that is so personal and so intimate, um, but they help us actually connect with ourselves. I mean, when we, we, we live out of a self-image, you guys. And the second cue, which we're going to dive into today, uh, which is the question, who am I, is so, so very important because most, I'm not going to say most of us, all of us grow up developing an image of ourselves that is less than the truth. Okay. And when I say less than the truth, okay, the, the, the real us is, 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 is going to live eternally. Uh, and we are going to, at some point, take off this physical suit, take off this skin, and we are going to stand in the full truth of who God has created. Sorry, I didn't throw something at my dog. Start, she's starting to bark. Um, the, the, the truth of who we actually are. You know, sometimes um, I like to joke when I'm in, you know, doing a public speaking engagement or something. And I, I, I tell people, you know, the glory of the inheritance that's in the saints, that Christ in us is the hope of glory. The fact that we are one with Jesus is, you know, number one, it's an invisible reality. And so a lot of us have trouble connecting or believing that this is actually true, that the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead literally, literally lives inside of us, that the power of God that performed every single miracle is inside of us. And because we have trouble connecting with that and because we have trouble believing that, well, guess what? We aren't experiencing that. But what I'm sharing is that most of us go through our lives, all of us really go through our lives learning that we're someone we're not uh, because we aren't really taught uh, from a young age, really in most places, we're not even taught this in church. We may hear that we're a new creation, but we're really taught a, a, about an identity that is separate from God. We're taught, even if we're taught that we're sons of God, somehow the sonship that we experience is somehow, it's like Jesus, but it's not in Jesus, right? It's, it's we're, we're offspring of God, but God's up here and we're down here and there's this, this illusion of separation. And because of that, the very foundation of our identity is completely built on, on a false reality. We truly are deceived. And so if we are going to answer the question, who am I? The foundation has got to be reformatted. And we have to begin to answer the question first and foremost from a revelation of the gospel, from a revelation of the true gospel, the, 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 the Pauline gospel, the epistles, what Paul carried as a revelation that until Paul shared the revelation, 
it was not known. I mean, people, people need to read their Bibles, but specifically they need to read their Bibles from the, from a Pauline and, and, and from the epistles perspective, because Paul is the one who was given the revelation of Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on the cross. He is the one that was given the revelation that we are crucified with Christ. He was that we are co-identified with Christ, that we were crucified with him. We were buried with him. We were raised with him. We ascended with him and now we're seated with him. And before Paul, I mean, even in Jesus, I mean, people think the red letters are the gospel. I mean, I'm not that that's the most anointed words in the Bible. You know, when Jesus in Jesus's ministry, he was teaching to a people who were living under an old covenant, who were living under a sacrificial system to obtain righteousness. He was talking to a people who were under the law. And what I mean by that is that they were under a religious system to be right with God. And Jesus came to fulfill the law in the sense that righteousness has now been fulfilled. And now all of the requirements of the law are actually uh, accomplished. They're finished through Jesus. And now through our association, in fact, through our death to uh, a separated self, uh, unrighteousness has been crucified in us. And so we have this new identity in Christ that is is perfect and holy and blameless not independent from God, but because we are one with God. And this message that I'm sharing, that I share in every single one of my podcasts, that I share all the time, this is just the gospel. But sadly, most Western Americans or, you know, for evangelical church, really all over the world, it's a global problem. It, it, we are we are not taught the gospel. We are taught that we still have a sin nature. We are taught that we're always going to struggle against sin, that the got to fight you know your flesh is in a war with your spirit and we're not really taught that we truly do not exist from Christ that the illusion of having a self an independent self apart from Jesus is an illusion it is a deception it is the pattern of this world it is the the construct that was put inside of Adam as a result of eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and putting himself into a position of independence independent judgment number one but that very nature of independence that very nature of judgment is the nature of sin it is the nature of pride separation is the deception of the ages. And so we can't even begin to answer the question, who am I, without detoxing from all of this religious nonsense that we have been taught in church. And I'm just saying it straight because somebody needs to. Um, we have entire religious systems. They aren't like the old covenant. We're not going to the temple and bringing our goats and our chickens or whatever, our bulls, our oxen, <laughs> and sacrificing them, handing them to the priest for the cleansing of our sins. No, our religious activities look a whole lot different in, you know, 2021. We, you know, we're reading our Bible. We're praying X number of hours a day. We're tithing. We're doing all of these activities. We're giving. We're, we're going to Christian conferences. We're doing Christian 
Christian activities instead of living out of an identity and a way of being that is, uh, there's nothing left to do to be blessed. There's nothing left to get in right standing with God. It's not the cross plus reading your Bible through in a year. It's not the cross plus, you know, never cussing again. It's not the cross plus whatever. You can put the good things that we do or the bad things that we avoid. That Those those good and bad things that we're doing to maintain right standing with God are religious activities because we do nothing except receive and believe the gospel. We repent. And when we repent, we experience the new birth. We experience, When I say we experience it, it's all already true but just because something's true doesn't mean that you're experiencing it you know um so the truth is experienced as we believe it and so you know a lot of sadly and i'm just saying that sadly this is like news to a lot of people and then sadly on top of that it's actually like such good news that some people can't they, they, they don't even want to believe it you know, they, they, they resist it. They're like, oh, no, no, no. Like, you know, this is, this is a prideful message. Like, we are not, we're not righteous. Like, we're sinners. We, you know, it's like almost we want to wear our sinner badge. And, and the truth is, no, you're a saint. There is no condemnation. There's no guilty verdict for those that are in Christ. The in Christ language in the Pauline epistles and the, the through cross, the by Christ. I mean, we're talking to over 250 times, 248, something like that. The apostle Paul is, is this language is dripping in the epistles. And you can't take a scripture out of context without really understanding what is Paul saying. You know, um, and you can't even really understand what Jesus was saying until you understand the gospel. I mean, John 14, John 17, Jesus starts talking about in that day, you'll know that I am in the father and the father is in you. And we, he, he's using the union language, but this was just so foreign to the Hebrew mind. I mean, here he is making God out to be his father. God up to that point had been, you know, Jehovah dash something, you know, he might've been a healer, might've been provider. There was a progressive revelation of who God was over the course of the old covenant and the, the various covenants that he made with Noah and Abraham. But Jesus Christ is the express image of God. When you see Jesus, you see the father, you see who God is. The, the cross is the expression of perfect love where he's dying for the very people. He's dying as the very people who are putting the nails in his hands. I mean, this is the, the greatest act of love laying down his life and, and, and uh, as a sacrificial lamb as, as, as the ultimate sacrifice for the very people. I mean, you know, that, that killed him. God was in Christ reconciling the worlds to himself. And so this message of the gospel is, is unfortunately it's hard to come by. And I'm not saying that um, arrogantly. I'm just telling you the truth. It's, it, it permeates our worship songs. The separation permeates our worship songs. We're desperate for God. We're, we're trying to find God. We're just in our emotional distress. 
you know, trying to find Jesus because we don't know who we are. And if we're going to answer this question, you've got, we have to get a revelation of the gospel. I mean, you know, binge on my podcast, heck, schedule a breakthrough call. I mean, enroll and emerge. Let's get this identity thing straight because we can't really even go on to you discovering your purpose until you get your image of God uh, undistorted and you get your image of yourself undistorted so that you can see God clearly for who he is, which is perfect love, unconditional love, not an angry father, not projecting uh, people, the image that we've, we've learned of people, of what love is onto God, and then getting the image of ourselves correct because your purpose you can't do out of a false image. You can't do it out of your human strength. You can't do it apart from Christ. You have to do it supernaturally the same way that Jesus did his purpose and fulfilled his purpose. You know, in, in John 17, three and four, he's saying that I have glorified you here on earth, Father, by completing the work that you gave me to do. And the way that he completed his assignment, the way he successfully went to the cross is by being one with the father. And you and I have to live the exact same way. We've got to let, sit down in heavenly places. We've got to cease from our own labor. We've got to get out of the place of trying to earn something and recognize we already have it all, that we have an inheritance in Christ, that all that heaven contains, it says in Ephesians 1, 3, has already been lavished upon us, but not only lavished upon us, it's been placed inside of us, that all of heaven is inside of us, that we are kingdom carriers, and that heaven is a right now reality, is an invisible reality, but the cosmos have been reconciled into Christ and that Jesus now is the thing that is holding all things together. And so the gospel has to become the basis of your reality. It has to become the basis of your identity. When uh, when the apostle John says that, you know, as he is, so are we in this world. That is literal language that as Jesus is, so are we right now. We are his body. We are the physical part of Jesus that's occupying the physical realm. And these truths must be chewed on because we have been imprinted. We have been programmed with an identity that is separate from God, that is not supernatural, that is sin conscious, that is, for most people, struggling with self-esteem, struggling to believe that, you know, in their purpose, struggling to believe that, that who they are is, you know, is who God says they are. And beloved, you are, you know, you are, this changes everything. It makes, it makes the it makes it changes the doctrine of healing it changes the doctrine around poverty and wealth it it changes your your perspective your paradigm completely in every area it changes the way that you do marriage it changes the way that you you parent you get off the source of other people and you start to live from that place of, of self-sufficiency and Christ sufficiency. It says in the amplified version in Philippians 14, where, you know, the scripture that says, you know, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Well, you are in the amplified, it says you are self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. And so you get off needing people's approval. You get off of having a source of love and you become love. You become the expression of love to other people. You become the hands and the feet of Jesus. And I mean, 
supernaturally the hands of, of, of Jesus. You, you, you see signs and wonders because the Father in you is doing the work. Uh, you don't struggle to get anointed. You're not, you're not looking for, you know, the next big outpouring because it's coming out of you. I mean, people keep praying for revival when they just don't, we don't know who we are. We're carriers of revival. If people would, if the church would wake up and quit waiting for God to come down when he's already come down and put himself in you, then we would already be in revival. You know, we're praying for things that God has already finished because we don't know who we are. You know, I, I, I don't even get me started on healing. Don't get me started on, on the way that we go through religious cal you know calinetics to through you know offerings and tithes and things to try to get god to bless us when we are wealthy beyond belief because we're one with god we're joint heirs already jesus is our tithe i mean i, I this truly i mean i will be preaching for the rest of my life reformatting the theology the, the theological foundations of the church because we have built religious systems based upon separation from God and although it again doesn't look like the old covenant it looks like a it looks like the exact same problems that the Paul the apostle Paul talked about in Galatians he talked about in Romans he talked about in his epistles you know, when he talked about mixture and he talked about Judaizers and legalizers and he called them dogs he told people that, that they preached another gospel besides the one he preached that they should be accursed. You know, it's still the same problem. We still have mixture. We still have uh, theology and doctrines that are built upon this illusion of separation. And frankly, the translation of our Bibles, many of those, I mean, they're just, you've got to be careful. That's why I tell people to read multiple versions of the Bible to get yourself with a uh, you know, I, that's why I read the mirror. That's why I read the passion translation a lot because the lens through which we view scripture will be completely distorted by a misunderstanding of the gospel. So these are very serious questions. These are very serious issues because we have work to do church and we can't do the work that we're here to do, the good works that we're preordained to do, our purpose. We can't do our purpose out of a false dichotomy, out of a, a misunderstanding of who we are. And I will tell you, this is a daily thing you know, a daily conditioning of our true identity to remember, to awaken and remember, oh yeah, I'm one with Jesus right now. I am one with Jesus right now. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit right now. Oh yeah, I am a new creation right now. I am holy and righteous. Jesus is in me right now. These are Jesus's hands. I can visualize the, the nail, nail prints on my, my wrists right now. He is in me. He is not just with me. He's not just for me, but he's in me. I am Jesus in a chalice suit, and I am one with him right now. And I thank you that the same works that Jesus can do, I can do, because he's doing them through me. I just simply hear and do. I'm just a son. I'm a son like Jesus. I'm one with the Father. I see what the Father is doing. I do what the Father is doing. And I'm connected. I'm abiding in the vine right now, just through my awareness, just because I know who I am in Christ, just because this is the truth. It's not based on my feelings. It's not based on my circumstances. It's not based on whether I've got, you know, some kind of symptom in my body right now. I got a headache. I got a backache. It's not a, it's not based upon the number in my bank account. 
my worth is the blood of Jesus. He's redeemed it all. He's bought it all with his blood. It all belongs to me. And I am here, Jesus, to be used by you today to do your work, to fulfill your purposes that you created me for. And I surrender and I am here as a living sacrifice. I am here as an instrument of righteousness, holy, acceptable, and pleasing unto you. Yeah, I have the I have the DNA of God running through my veins. His healing is my healing. I'm not just healed, but I am a carrier of the healer. Healing is a person and he's inside of me, right? <clears throat> I mean, you just could go on and on, but just see how this rolls off my mouth. It just rolls out of me. Why? Because I have reconditioned my thinking. I, I spent years, you guys, just in the scriptures, Christ in you, the hope of glory. What does that mean for Shalice personally? It means I am Jesus in a Shalice suit. I am Shalice in a Jesus suit. I'm in Christ right now. What does that practically mean? How do I, how do I see that God? How do I have a revelation of who I am? What does it mean to be crucified with Christ? but living? What does it mean to be dead, but alive? What does it mean to be buried? What happened when we were buried, Jesus? What happened when we were resurrected, Lord? And, and you know, the, the thing is, is that this was the Paul's determined purpose, you guys, to get this revelation. I know I haven't even read a scripture yet. Jeez, just been going, huh? Um, but let me, let me read a scripture. Um, let's go into Paul. I mean, I've been reciting them the whole time, but let me, let me actually pull one up. Philippians chapter three is an incredible, incredible, oh, chapter. I mean, but because it's really, um, the apostle Paul in the amplified version, especially he, he is really separating his, natural identity, who he was born to be like in this natural world from his, his, his true identity. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I encourage you to, um, but he's, you know, he even in, in verse two of chapter three, he talks about being aware of the dogs, being aware of, um, those that are preaching really a false gospel. All right. I want to go down to this scripture where the apostle Paul made it his purpose to know the gospel, to know Jesus, to know the power of the resurrection, to be co-identified with Jesus. His purpose was this because this was his message. So him living it out, him uh, not only re the revelation changed him. Does that make sense? It caused it to be an experiential thing for him. And he says this, that in verse 10, he says, my determined purpose is that I may know him, Jesus, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and clearly. But get this, and that I may in the same way come to know how? Well, progressively, deeply, intimately, perceiving, understanding, and recognizing that in the same way I might come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. So the, the Apostle Paul it made it his purpose, made it his purpose to know, you know, that him to know Jesus and to know the power of the resurrection, to know the gospel, right? To know the person that is sanctification, to know the person that is wisdom. These things are, Jesus' love is a person. He wanted to know him experientially. He wanted to perceive it and recognize it and explore it and know the wonders of Jesus Christ. 
And then he says here, and then I made him, you know, know the power of the resurrection. But this is incredible. He says, and that I may so share in his sufferings to be continually transformed in spirit into the likeness, even into his death in the hope. I'm going to stop here. Well, let me go on. That if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. So we read these scriptures out of context. We read these things thinking, oh, Paul is suffering for Jesus. You know, that this that the suffering of this present age isn't, you know, anything to be compared to, you know, the glory that's about to be revealed in us. And we put this suffering in this like we're suffering Christians rather than recognizing that that Paul wanted to identify with Jesus's sufferings on the cross. He wanted to share in the suffering of Jesus on the cross so that he might, it says here, be transformed in the spirit and to the likeness of his death. He would be so co-crucified that he would be able to attain resurrection that lifts him out from among the dead, even while in the body, meaning he wanted to live as a resurrected in Christ human being that understood the power of the resurrection while he was still in the body. And I, I mean, I could go so deep on these things, but truthfully, for most of us, we just, we just are on milk because we're unskilled in the word of righteousness. It says in Hebrews chapter five, we, we haven't actually drank the milk of righteousness, righteousness in Christ, perfection in Christ. And so we are living out of a false identity. We can't even begin to answer the question, who am I? Uh, because we just have not spent enough time soaking up the truth of the gospel. And we spend way too much time. I mean, I tell people, I mean, I almost wish, I mean, this is a terrible thing to say, but you know, we quote Old Testament scriptures. We're, we're identifying with Job. We're, we're Moses. We're David. We're, we're Esther. We're all these, you know, we identify with these people because we identify with an identity that is totally off. Okay. I mean, King David was a wonderful man. He was a part of the lineage. I mean, you know, there are certain things he did that weren't wonderful, but the point is, is that that's wonderful. His intimacy with God is wonderful, but Jesus's intimacy with the Father, hello, that's a completely different level of intimacy. If we're gonna emulate something, well, let's emulate a son of God. Let's emulate Jesus, right? I mean, Esther, I mean, these, 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 these Old Testament stories are types and shadows leading up to the culmination of the ages, which is why we call history before Christ, after Christ, because Jesus Christ changed the trajectory of the human experience. And so, you know, I, I can't really even go on to the fullness of the answer of who am I, because you're more than just someone who lives in union with Jesus. You are also unique. You're a unique expression of a son, right? There are many members in, in Jesus's body that have different functions and different gifts and different purposes, you know, and, and, and a body is a good example, you know, of that. That's what the apostle Paul uses that, you know, will the finger say to the eye, I have no need of you or the toe or whatever. I mean, all of our body parts are necessary and strategic. And God created you specifically, strategically to be a part of his plan, his purposes, his body in this hour. And there is assignments. There are things that you are here to do. But getting to those specific things 
must be built upon the foundation of union with God. And the only way that we get those specifics is really from God himself. You know, it's a revelation is we have a revelation of who Jesus is. We have a revelation of who we are. Why? Because as he is, so, so are we. And sons are led by the spirit of God. So as we come into maturity, as we come into this place of understanding the foundation of our identity, now we can begin to receive the assignments and receive the things that we are here to do, the vision that God has for our life. Uh, because we are in the Father's business, expanding his kingdom, and we have a part to play. Maybe you're anointed to, uh, you know, be Jesus as an EMT. Maybe you're anointed to be an author. Maybe you're anointed to, to, to be a, to, to preach. Maybe you're anointed to teach. I mean, maybe you're anointed to do interior design. I, you know, all of these gifts are necessary and, and powerful. You know, artists, um, musicians, uh, business people. I mean, all of these calls are valid. That is the ministry. And it is, you know, what Ephesians 4 says that the work of your ministry, and it's the, my purpose is to get you into purpose. But I can't do that without you knowing the gospel and without you knowing who you are. So I've said a whole lot today, beloved, but you know, as I, as I wrap up here, the key, real key, you know, beyond just knowing the gospel is your ability to be intimate with God, your ability to be able to hear his voice for yourself, because that is where the revelation is going to come from. And to have that be, become a confident thing that you're confident about so that you can actually follow the Holy Spirit. And, you know, this is, these are, these are life truths, life questions that must be answered. And, and without the answers, you know, we're just really going through the motions of living. We're really just working for a paycheck. We're really just doing something, struggling. Maybe we know our purpose, but we're struggling because we don't have the identity to actually do it because it requires the supernatural. You know, there, there's just a lot of reasons that we struggle because we either don't know these answers or we're not living in the right identity. We're not living out of our union and abiding in Christ. And so we have a, a pandemic, really, of purposelessness. <laughs> we have a pandemic in, in the world of people walking around not knowing who they are. So, beloved, that is not you, <laughs> okay? You have heard the truth today. You have heard the gospel. And now it's time to just believe it repent and get into it. And like I said, you know, binge watch, binge, well, right now we're binge listening, uh, but the Facebook lives you can watch. Go back and binge watch these episodes, get in the book, The Path, get in, you know, stay here in the group, tune in every week. Um, and, you know, by all means, do a breakthrough call with us, uh, pray about being a part of our school because it is life I don't even want to say changing. Like, it's not even a good enough word. It, it, it's literally the scripture that the Apostle Paul said here. It's it, it's a transformation that happens. It's a transfiguration that happens when you plug in to the revelation of the gospel and what has happened to you through Christ and where you now live in heaven, in heavenly places. And you begin to, to, to believe that and you begin to experience it. So let us let me close this out in prayer, you guys. Uh, good stuff today. 
So, Father, thank you for the gospel. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the good news of what you've done to us. And thank you that it's an already accomplished fact and that now we are absolutely here to enjoy it. We are here to experience it. And I thank you, Father, that as we hear it, as we hear the gospel, I thank you that faith comes. I thank you that uh, it comes by hearing and hearing the word and, and that this is the word of truth that you are speaking, um, Holy Spirit. So I thank you that faith is rising up, that identity is rising up, that eyes are being opened even now, Father, as we've listened to today's uh, teaching and today's broadcast. And I thank you that this is an, a, an invitation and an opportunity for every listener to just agree, to say, yes, that's who I am. It's it, it, this is this is the truth about me, that this is absolutely uh, who I am and, and regardless of my life experiences, regardless of my circumstances, regardless of where I might find myself in my life today, this is the truth that sets me free. And I thank you, Father, that there is grace on every single listener to actually make this truth their own. That Holy Spirit, you know how to get it into them. You know how to reveal it and make it real and make it personal so that they can grasp it and that can be assimilated into their way of thinking, into their own identity. And so I bless them. I bless them, Father, with the revelation of their union with God. I bless them with the revelation of uh, their true identity, Father. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are absolutely going to finish the good work you began because you're faithful. Faith for you that calls us, you'll also do it. So we just speak blessings over every single listener. And we thank you, Father, for just this powerful truth of what it means to live in union with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. And we'll see you real soon. Thanks for listening to Shalise's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalice.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalice's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalice.com and watch Shalice's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.